0: This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bedside Podcast. So excited to have you here. I had a spur-of-the-moment bit of inspiration where those of you who are familiar who follow me and the bedside on instagram we've been doing this really really fun series on fridays where it's been kind of this q a about like sex love dating advice confessions, secrets and it's just been so much fun because i feel like you guys have just been like dumping all of your thoughts and like questions that are kind of like you keep to Google for the most part, like just you and your own Google history and nobody else's eyeballs. And I've been thinking, hey, why not bring some of these Q&A topics to the podcast? Because I feel like they are just so important. And I know everybody feels like they're asking such like gushy questions, but it's funny because on my end, I'm like, it's all the same. It's not you know, you guys are, you have varying questions, but I think my point is that we're not so alone and isolated in kind of these fears and ideas and confusion that we have around intimacy and like how we approach all these things so I felt like let's start this little series why not let's kick off a thing let's kick off a q and I don't know what to call it quite yet we'll come up with some fun kitschy name but I think for the most part this will just be where I get to answer your deep questions and really put my perspective into things and kind of give you a little bit more tangible takeaway advice so yeah, let's just kick things off. Let's dive right in. Also, I've just been having so much fun hearing from you. So absolutely keep these questions coming. Um, They're on the Instagram. So if you do want to submit, I'll put a little Q&A box up for Fridays. So just keep an eye out for that. And hopefully I'll be able to cover some of your questions. But yeah, let's get right into things. This is gonna be fun. The first question comes from somebody who says, how do I communicate with someone about feeling uninspired in a relationship? I love this question. I really think that it comes down to simply that, like finding time and space to communicate with someone your feelings and thoughts. And I've said this before, but I think it's really important when we're having relationship check-ins with people, whether that be friends, whether that be partners, whether that be family members, that we have them in like really neutral spaces. So we're just mindful that we're not approaching them right after they finished work and like stress is high or when you're trying to get out the door really quick. I think when we can have conversations in neutral spaces like at the dinner table, when you're out to eat, when you're on a car ride, when you're both feeling really relaxed and calm and not activated around anything, that's really the best place to start. And I think it comes down to just, yes, acknowledging maybe what hasn't been working for a while. It's important to bring that up and just say, hey, like, you know, bring each of your own stuff to the table. Like, it could be stress, it could just be a lot of different life happenings coming up and so your intimacy has changed and the context of that has changed a little but I think it's also focusing on what you both each think and believe is an inspired relationship and so yes bring up Kind of what hasn't been working, but I think the emphasis of the conversation should really be around like, what can we each bring to the table to make us feel more inspired, to make us feel more passionate? And what does that each look like for us? I think it like looks different for other people all the time. It's ever evolving, it's ever changing. And, you know, it's important to continually have these check ins. That's why I think relationship check ins are so important because we're always evolving, we're always ebbing and flowing. And I think too, sometimes I've even had to do this with my partner partner myself, just be like, hey, I'm so sorry. Been really stressed lately. This is nothing personal. I know that this might have affected our sex life or this might have affected how often we've felt like we've been really like going on dates together. But just kind of clearing the air and being like, I understand and I acknowledge that this is happening and know that it's not a forever thing. And I kind of usually like to even put a time stamp around it. Like, look, this week is going to be a little bit crazy, just a caveat, you know? But back to that conversation. I really do think it kind of comes down to aligning on what you both are feeling is going to bring inspiration to the relationship. Is it planning on having weekly standing date nights? Is it making sure that you guys are making actual time for one another to like listen to where you're at and just feeling like you're heard and seen and giving each other the attention that you each desire. And that's going to look different. Like what you need is not necessarily what your partner needs. So I think having a conversation around that is so important. So it's definitely doable. And I think we just need to normalize having these relationship check-ins. Like nobody was taught how to do this um, unless you were modeled by like really great individuals who could show you the way but I think we can bring this into our love lives and I think we can actually also bring this into our friendships like just being a little bit more transparent with where we're at and you know how we want to bring our own stuff to the table in a really exciting way so I would see this really as an opportunity it's not a negative at all I would see this as quite the opposite an opportunity to kind of hit refresh and I see it too like it's it's spring we're in this season of kind of refreshing spring cleaning clearing the clutter opening the windows you know (laughs) so I think this is a great time to have a relationship check-in and yeah great question okay okay this person asks I'm scared to tell my lady friend that I like butt play because I'm afraid she'll think I'm weird okay so I'm gonna assume here that this came from a guy but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what gender it is I think however I do think there's more stigma in heteronormative relationships around ass play I think like for girls it's been totally normalized for the queer communities it's been a little bit more normalized but in heteronormative relationships I understand you feeling that there might be some weirdness it's not weird and let's absolutely normalize that everybody likes ass play okay like Every single person can get some benefit out of ass play, whether that's toys, whether that's a penis, whether that's a finger, whatever it is, there's absolutely glories in ass play. And let's bring that to 2022. Let's bring that to the table. Um, Okay, my advice here is really simple besides normalizing it. I believe the best time to have any sort of Sex talks when it comes to like your fantasies and getting really vulnerable is after you have sex. So, the post play talk. So, bring this up after you've literally released those insane feel good hormones. You're riding high, you're having that moment afterward where you're just feeling so good. You're lying in bed together, or you're just kind of like hanging out together. And I think this is the best time to introduce it. And I think. Before you go in, leading with something really vulnerable, if this makes you really nervous, I think start by asking your lady friend first, and just be like, "Hey, that was so awesome. That felt so good. I loved when you did this. We should do this more." And then I'd say, "Also, I'm curious to ask. Like, what would you like to try new? Is there anything that like you want to experiment with?" And then let that person answer, and like hash that out. And then if you haven't addressed it already there, just be like, yeah, I'm also really down to like have more butt play. Like I I think we should try that and just like leave it there. I think that's such a good place to start. And then next time you're in the mood and you're getting down to business, you can experiment with a few things. And then like, of course, check in with a moment, be like, does that feel good? Was Did you enjoy that? And, you know, from there you can kind of test and evolve and see what works for each of you and see what you maybe didn't like so much. But I have to say, as a quick caveat here, that I'm a really big fan of each partner's wearing a plug. And I'll link in the show notes below but there's this really amazing plug starter kit that if you're intimidated or if you haven't used it before it's a really good place to start because they kind of graduate in sizes and they start out really really small and it's really approachable and yeah I would just say kind of start there there's really nothing better than kind of doing that and then doing what you normally do or what you're comfortable with doing because I think it just is allowing you to like have that butt play without feeling like you need to totally breach out of your comfort zone you can kind of continue what you were doing and then from there you're like oh okay we're familiar with this you can kind of graduate and keep experimenting and also honestly bonus points for this if you literally got those plugs and then you gave them as a thoughtful gift and you were like hey since the last time we spoke about it I got us these plugs let's have some fun later like holy shit that is the most amazing intro to just like experimenting and being playful and I I would be so happy if someone did that because I think it just means that they listened and that they heard me and that they wanted to go have fun. So like even if you're not even trying to do ass play or somebody who's listening, you're like not that into that. In general, if you're having cool fantasy conversations in your post-play talks, like take the action of the next step of actually making something happen and it you know you don't have to go out and buy something but you could it could be like lingerie it could be some cool accessory i think these like thoughtful follow-up moments are really what encourages people to get experimental and it makes it feel like you're in it together so good luck ask play is absolutely not weird and i totally think that you can introduce it in the most rad way Okay, the next question is, do you have any tips to balance that awful, but he's boring feeling? He makes me feel really loved and seen though. This is going to sound kind of controversial, but I stand by it. I think a lot of the time, boring love is actually healthy love disguised. So if you are just used to the thrill and the chase and the highs that really come with meeting somebody and having like a rendezvous and just really going from zero to 100 and feeling like you know each other within a span of 24 hours like that will not last right like that is the definition of a high and it always comes back to an equilibrium and I think when it comes back to that equilibrium a lot of people are like I'm bored (laughs) or like the honeymoon phase is over This like isn't for me anymore, right? And in a way, it's kind of like this false perception of another individual. Like you're not organically getting to know them at a a healthy-ish pace. You're just like going 100% for it. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. You know, I don't want to, obviously, I've been there myself. It's really fun. But I think that's not ever what's really lasted for the most part or surmounted to any deep and meaningful relationships. They've kind of been like a high and then they've fizzled off in some way. So I think there's a difference between being bored because you don't get along versus being bored because it doesn't feel as stimulating and addictive, right? So there's, I want to distinguish the difference there. If you're like, I fundamentally am kind of bored with this person. I don't think we're going to get along. I'd say, eh, like cut your ties, like move on, date around, like, carry on right but I would say that if you're like actually enjoying this person's company but it just doesn't feel like that stimulant that's okay to me that's healthy love and it's and safe love and I think that's what we're all after at the end of the day so my inclination here is to actually have you investigate how that sits with you and you know you'll be so surprised they think people are like oh well if I don't chase this high like what is passion and will I ever have a passionate deep relationship with someone 100% I think when it comes to like this steady love it's so underrated when we talk about the evolution of sex because we think like traditionally we think of sex as like you know you meet these people you meet this other person and you have such like an amazing experience and I think like we look at people and we think the older you get the less you have that and it's this horrible like ageist approach to sex like we think of people in midlife like not having the sex life they once had and I actually want to flip that on its head like the evolution of sex is so wild and crazy and the depth and passion and vulnerability thresholds that you can hit are so impactful. So I want to kind of encourage you by saying that when you can lean into that safety and like harness that steadiness of love and connection, you're able to go so, so much deeper. You will be so surprised at just how much pleasure and joy and satisfaction you will get out of the relationships around you. So I think you are in a really good place, honestly. Okay, the next question is I'm not feeling sexually desirous. I get it. That's totally okay. Honestly, I think the best place to start when you're not feeling sexually desirous is just to be like, what am I needing right now to feel good in my skin today? Just simply as that. Like, I don't think it needs to jump all the way to sex. It doesn't need to jump all the way to intimacy. I think it's just like, how can I feel good in my body right now? What do I need? For me, I usually need to just get out of my head and connect To my body. And that usually looks like some form of movement. Like I love going on a walk. I love just taking in something larger around me. So I'm not so just focused on myself and really just allowing myself to feel nourished. And from there, I think comes this like step-by-step integration of feeling more and more desirous because I really think it begins from within. If we're looking to outsource that, we're never going to feel validated. I think the validation comes from within and I think sexual desire and sensuality is formulated from within. We have to carve out time. It's not going to magically appear at the snap of a finger like, oh, I feel like so desirous and sensual and in my body. It is a practice. It is an effort be easy with yourself because we all ebb and flow with desire. I mean, it's not like everybody's out here just horny 24/7. I mean, good for you if you are, but I think I think it really ebbs and flows with how life how life plays. Okay. Someone wrote in, "Oh, this is so real." Somebody wrote in, they said, "I'm having a really hard time keeping it up." Okay, this is so much more common than you think. I knew so many guys, so many guys in college who took Viagra. They were like, I lit- I can't keep it up. And I really want to say, and I don't want to make a crazy mass gen- overgeneralization here. Obviously, first, as we know, drinking alcohol, it's harder to get hard, as we all know. But I really want to say that I think the m- number one cause for any sort of erectile dysfunction comes down to stress. Sex starts in the brain. And I really think that it's like 90% a mental game. And I'm sure many of you may actually be familiar with this loop. You have a moment of ED. It happens once. You can't get hard. You get super embarrassed and worried. And then you fear it's going to happen again. So it kind of locks you in this loop of worry and fear of erectile dysfunction, which kind of like is its own self-fulfilling prophecy. So I've got a few tips. First, I have an amazing podcast episode that I did with Dr. Ian Kerner called Getting Turned On. I'll link it below. It's amazing. He's a sex therapist. We talk about performance anxiety. He talks about how he got into sex therapy because he struggled with this exact thing. But my tips really are around, A, letting go of an outcome. Focus on relaxing into the moment and really taking in the sensations around you. So it's kind of like a practice in mindfulness a bit. Being like, okay... I'm not going to focus on this end goal. I'm just going to focus on the little pleasures in the moment. And it kind of segues me into my other point, which is like slow things down, really slow things down. I think we've kind of become familiar for many of us with like a pace of sex. We're like, okay. X number of minutes doing this, da-da-da-da. And like it becomes a little bit like a line order. And I think we can really take a moment to slow things down. Arousal takes time. And there are so many levels of arousal that we can unlock. And the key to that is time. The way that vulva owners can orgasm when they slow down the pace, your cervix can literally tent. It's called tenting. (laughs) It is insane how deep of an orgasm you can have when you slow things down because you're literally unlocking different channels of arousal. So slow it down and then also focus on not your pleasure. Focus. Try focusing on your partners instead. It's really nice to be able to kind of take your own situation off table and really lean in 100% to somebody else's pleasure. And there's nothing sexier than watching somebody else get turned on. So I feel like when you kind of can lean into that, it'll kind of solve its own problem. And then, of course, like be open and honest about the situation to take the pressure off. I think something as simple as like, hey, I've just been really in my head lately or I've been struggling a little bit to get it up. Just bear with me. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed by it if you are or just say you're feeling vulnerable. Just speak from the heart and then just be like, look, I am going to just like do my best here and I think we should just lean into this experience without worrying about an outcome. Like let's just have a really good time. And I think it kind of just takes all sorts of pressure off the table and that will really let you to get out of your head. And then I think too it comes down to practicing stress management outside of the bedroom, right? So it's like allowing yourself to unwind properly. Get into practices that are gonna just be healthy for your mind and your body, daily movement, meditation, journaling, having a fun hobby outside of work, like allow yourself to engage in play, allow yourself to engage in unstressing and unwinding. And I think that's going to allow for you to be able to have the type of performance that you want in the bedroom. So hope that helps. Oh my gosh, guys, there's so many good questions. I'm going to try and keep this quick. Okay, the next one is my current partner won't stop bringing up her exes. Every time it happens, they feel crushed. Okay. I first and foremost think your partner might not even be realizing that it's hurting you this much. This just calls for having an adult conversation around how to move forward. You could say something as simple as, hey, I've got to be honest with you. Every time you bring up an ex, I feel crushed. It hurts me because X, Y, Z. Insert your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs and leave it at that. I think first before you approach, be like, why do I feel crushed? What about this what about my partner bringing up her exes is crushing me? And I think it takes a little bit of introspection. Like, is it making you feel isolated? Is it making you feel envious? Is it making you feel lonely? Is it making you not feel important? What is it? And be able to discuss that because it's kind of less about the ex and more about how you feel about it. And I think from there, you're either gonna be like, okay, we don't bring up exes because we're triggered around it and it doesn't make me feel good. Or you might realize that you're not even activated Anymore. Like, because you had that important conversation, you'll be like, oh, I'm not even bothered when XYZ comes up. Okay, very last question. This has been so much fun. Someone says, I feel the pandemic has robbed me of my prime years. Okay, wow, this is so real. This is a conversation that I've been having so frequently in close circles. I hear it all the time. And honestly, I can't lie. Like, I have caught myself looking back at pics on my phone from when I was living in New York before I moved to LA and even going all the way back to college and being like, damn, that was so much fun and kind of looking back on that and being like, what a time to be alive. And It's interesting because I think it's also kind of started this weird comparison game of like, well, now I'm here and my friends look different and my going out life looks different and my social life looks different and I miss it so much. And I think I had to have a moment with myself where I was like, okay, we need to stop comparing like we need to just assess where we're at and take it what it is for face value and work with it. So I also really feel like no matter what age you are right now, like everybody feels this way. So I know you're saying like, I feel like I've been taking taken out of my prime. I'm assuming that you're in your 20s and you feel like, like this is your prime time to date and like be hot and like... <laughs> whatever, have the best time of your life. But I really do think everybody in some capacity feels like they've gotten something taken away from them during this time. I know people's in their, people in their 30s having kids feeling like they've gotten things taken away. I know people who are retiring feeling like they haven't been able to really seize their time of retirement. I My heart goes out to people who are elderly and who have just kind of had to really be extra cautious and Kind of shut down their life and their lifestyles so you're not alone in any capacity like everybody's had to put some sort of pause on here but i do however really see the silver lining here i know we feel like so much has been taken away from us but i really think that the pandemic has forced this level of creativity and intentionality that we would have never had before to such a heightened degree and i think because we've all really learned to pivot i see The innate value in that. And I know that things are going to eventually balance out. And when they do, it's going to feel so good and people are going to feel like they've gotten back to normal in some capacity. But I also think that, like, now we know what we're looking for a little bit more. Like, in this time, personally speaking, I know the type of friendships I want to cultivate. I know the type of dynamics I really care to foster. I know how I really like to spend my time well lived. And I think before, like, there was a little bit more monotony there and i think now with the intentionality there's going to be kind of this like resurrection I've like, i feel it already so i i know that you feel like you're losing your prime but i want you to trust just like you've trusted this entire process up until now that your time is yet to come and i think we can reframe how we look at our quote-unquote primes like I hope that I'm forever in my prime like I hope that I forever am just taking another step higher and evolving and being like holy shit I didn't know it could get this good holy shit I didn't know it could get this good so I think take that time to reframe and allow yourself to just really be where you are get excited for where you're going and know that there's no rush there's literally no rush and everybody's kind of been in that same boat so i hope that helps in some capacity sending love out to you all right guys this was really fun i hope that this becomes a thing let me know your thoughts um it's just really great to be able to answer your guys' questions and just really hear from you where you're at and just all the things so hope you have an amazing rest of your week and i'll catch you soon all right bye guys Thank you for listening to The Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at TheBedside and TheBedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening.